0: Welcome back to Tech Law 10, where the law and information technology intersect. I'm Eric Sinrod in the San Francisco office of Dwayne Morris. I'm joined by my colleague Jonathan Armstrong across the pound at Cordery. And first I want to say happy birthday to us. This is podcast number 140, so we certainly have staying power. And we also have the ability and the power to read each other's minds. So right now, I'm trying to to go inside of Jonathan Armstrong's head, which is a pretty interesting experience, I must say. And as I I, uh, browse around your head, it seems to me you're thinking about potential class actions in Germany. Do I have that right?
1: You have it right indeed. And and perhaps why it was coming through not so clearly is I was actually thinking in German, Eric. I was thinking (laughs) of the... uh, Entwerf einer Gazette, zur Verbesserung der Zivilrechtlichen Durchsetzung von Verbraucher schützend vor schiften Daten schütz as you will. No, yeah, doubt, no that right. means... <laughs> well, sprechen <laughs> in yeah. Deutsch. Yeah, no, I'm Deutsch, mein Herr. Okay. Uh, but, um, so, by my poor German, this is actually a proposed new law, as it says, to reform in inverted commas, uh, the civil uh, rights, uh, the, the, the law in, in Germany, to allow class actions for uh, data protection law violations. And basically the proposal is that there will be almost a super consumer system that exists in some parts of Europe to allow super consumers, by which I mean uh representatives of consumers um you know consumer rights groups to bring litigation on behalf of consumers in german courts for data protection and privacy violations now i think that this is uh, certainly consequential and i spoke at a cyber liability conference a couple of weeks ago that looked uh, where i was talking a bit about this development and a bit about a class action that's already proceeding in Europe. Now, these wouldn't be the same proposals as the existing class action regime in the U.S. that I'm going to ask you about in a minute, uh, uh, Eric, because my understanding is that in the U.S. the regime is opt-out, i.e. you're in the class once it's certified as a class, unless you say you're not in Europe most of the proposals for class actions and they go by different names and they're not the same as class actions so things like group actions are opt in so you've got to say that you want to be part of the class and that seems to be the proposal in uh, in Germany as well although obviously the legislation is not passed but the other thing that i think is in, uh, is very interesting combined with that is the story of an Austrian law student called Max Schrems. Now, Schrems, um, uh, as I said, was a law student. He came over to California, your part of the world, I believe, to study for a term, or I think you'd say semester. And whilst he was there, according to legend, at least, uh, Schrems had uh, his law professor invite one of Facebook's counsel into the room to talk to his students. Now, apparently, Shrems did not like what he heard and decided as part of his studies to look at the workings of Facebook. As part of that study, he made a subject access request against Facebook, which you can, of course, under the data protection, data privacy law that exists across most of Europe. Facebook disclosed 1,200 pages of information against him, 1,200 pages, and Schrems felt that this wasn't complete. And so he indicated to Facebook that he would start uh, and litigate against them. Now here, Eric, as a good lawyer, I disclose something of an interest in that uh, somebody at Facebook called Richard uh, Allen, Lord Allen, whom I know, and I disclose the interest that he kindly wrote the foreword for my book. Um, But uh, Richard Allen went to see Max Schrems, and they uh, tried, I think, to resolve their differences with perhaps mixed success, and Schrems has started litigation. Uh, The case is listed for April 9th in uh, Vienna, Schrems claims that he has 25,000 plaintiffs already uh, in his class action and he says that another 50,000 potential claimants have registered an interest uh, in becoming litigants with him and his group. And uh, he says that a judgment against Facebook could cost them about 10 million euros, which is about uh, 11.5 million US dollars. One of the interesting things, I think, about this case, as I started off with German developments, is that we understand that the action against Facebook is funded by a German litigation funding boutique who are underwriting the legal costs to get the case into court. So I think these two developments together perhaps signal the start of a move towards class actions in Europe and one that obviously insurers will be looking at very closely as they enter the emerging cyber insurance market in Europe because obviously judgments uh, even against the likes of Facebook in the tens of million dollars are consequential, particularly if you look at extending class actions post-data breach. Because like in the US, in Europe, we've had some pretty major retailer uh, data breaches as well. And I think that's the pain point for cyber insurers in the US currently. So I wondered if you had any thoughts from a nation that's, um, some would say, more mature in terms of class actions. as as to whether you think it's as consequential a development potentially as I do?
0: Well, first I want to note that we now have this UK authority saying we're more mature in the US. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) finally the US revolution has succeeded. Uh, But seriously, um, we do have a wide body of law when it comes to class actions, and we can find it emanating out of Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 23, which I'm sure you've memorized all of its parts, Jonathan. And we have uh state law analogs as well. And the way it came about is, you know, you have situations where uh an aggrieved plaintiff might have suffered relatively small harm. Let's say a plaintiff's been harmed uh by a, a you know, you're a customer and you've been harmed by a company to the tune of two dollars and fifty cents. You know, clearly that particular person is not going to go to all the trouble to hire a lawyer and to bring a claim. In fact, the person might not even know that they, they've suffered that small harm, for example, if they've been mm. overbilled on a, on a telephone bill or something. But then in come the attorneys, and they're incentivized to bring claims on behalf of a Y class because in the aggregate, the, the harm is large, and we, there might be a public policy to discourage um, you know, widespread harm against a number of people even in the small amount because, you know, in the aggregate it is real. So the attorneys can find um, representative plaintiffs, a handful of plaintiffs whose claims are typical of the entire class of people who have been harmed. Uh, There needs to be a showing of numerosity, typicality, and adequate representation. And then if the class is certified, as an adequate class, it then does go forward on behalf of the entire class unless there's opt-out. And if there's a favorable settlement or a judgment, um, the attorneys might get a decent share of it, so that's where their incentive is. And then um, there can be uh, relatively small amounts of uh, recovery for each of the people within uh, the class. Uh, The real fight tends to be on the front end uh, as to whether the class can even be certified and oftentimes cl- potential classes uh, made by what we call putative class representatives uh, are not certified because the claims of the individual uh, people, uh, you know, the adequate, sorry, the claims of the uh, representatives, representative plaintiffs uh, do not accurately reflect typicality across the class. There could be differences among the people allegedly harmed. And if the class is not certified, essentially the whole thing fizzles because, like I said, you're not going to have people then bringing hundreds or thousands of tiny little lawsuits. It's not worth it. Mm. So, um, but there have been significant cases, you know, across the decades in the United States where uh, real classes have been certified and there have been significant settlements and judgments. And so there is a body of law there, and there's quite a lot of litigation uh, in different um, areas of the law uh, where there could be harm to many people. I hope that answers your question.
1: Yeah, it does, yeah. So um, I'm guessing it's a watch this space. I mean, incidentally, on your um, U.S. superiority point, um, as you probably know, <laughs> we're, we're on the uh, anniversary of the Magna Carta. There's a fascinating lecture from Lord Judge um, at um, uh, at one of the inns on Wednesday night, a very good lecture indeed. One of the things he was making the case for is that the American War of Independence was not technically, to a lawyer's eyes, a war of independence. It was, in fact, a civil war, and we should uh, be more precise in our terms going forward. wonder what you mm-hmm. feel from a U.S. point
0: of view. Oh, boy. Well... <laughs> <laughs> we have to reserve that for another. Enough- for another uh, tech, well, town, I'm not even sure that goes to tech or 10. I think we're past our 10, and it's, and, and it's not tech. But I will give you this. You, as we've talked about in the past, you are superior when it comes to music. You have the Beatles from your nearby town of Liverpool pool. Jonathan's from Pool, <laughs> right down the road from where our, our Fab Four came from. So, all right, so we've, we've well passed our 10. Thank you for joining us on this 140th and our tour of Jonathan Armstrong's brain. Uh, it's a fascinating <laughs> place to be, and we learned so much from him. And hopefully, I contributed just a little bit along the way. Absolutely. Uh, I'm Eric. I'm Eric Sinrod at ejsinrod at dwainmoore's com. As you know, you can find us on the social media outlets: Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. Um, if I didn't say so, ejsinrod at dwainmoore's dot com. I think I did. Jonathan, I turn it back to you to finish up.
1: Thanks very much. Sir. I'm uh Dot at cordraycompliance dot com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear uh, suggestions with uh, uh, topics. Do join the debate on whether it was a civil war or a war of independence as well. And we'll speak to you almost as one nation uh, next week. Thanks for listening. Bye now.
0: One one nation under tech.
1: (laughs) Very good. Uh, Bye.